When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone and welcome to Pixels, a relatively quick show today because there's not a huge amount of things happening but the promises of many more things happening in the weeks to come. I'm Patrick Beja and I'm going to be doing this one solo. Um, we're going to be talking about a little bit of Assassin's Creed and a lot of conjecture and uh, potential announcements coming. We're also going to be covering, covering the news from Sony's side, on Microsoft's side, on Stadia side if you want to call that news yeah i'm a little bit uh <laughs> a little bit uh sour on stadia and uh, what's happening this summer with different shows and uh i mean trade shows that are cancelled slash uh repurposed online and uh, yeah, so let's just get started. I, I really think, for once, I really think it's not going to be very long. But uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was officially announced uh, yesterday as of the time of this recording. And it was really just a cinematic trailer, so we didn't learn a lot about it. It is uh, absolutely, as had been rumored for months and months, uh, set in the Vikings world. It's uh, a, a tribe of... Norwegian Vikings invading England in the 9th century. And it looks uh, like it's going to be, we don't exactly know, but it looks like it's going to be mostly following the very successful template of Assassin's Creed Origins slash Odyssey, mostly the Odyssey improvements, which I think uh, was possibly, you know, it was definitely one of my favorite games of last year. Last year? The year before. God, it's been two years already. And uh, it will be coming out uh, at the end of the year, as expected. You'll be able to play a male or female protagonist. You will have your settlement in Norway, which you'll be able to travel back to very often. You'll have um, four regions, four kingdoms in England, which was not yet a country um, back then, that you will be able to negotiate with and fight with, of course, etc., etc. On the gameplay side you'll be able to dual wield anything they joked during the commentary of the trailer that you'll be able to dual wield uh two shields which should be interesting and uh, you'll have their focusing on variety of enemies which i guess you could say it was a little bit of a um it never really bothered me but in the previous ones you were always fighting just regular humans so maybe there will be other things in this one i don't know we'll see but it looks like, uh, you know, the, the hype uh, following Odyssey is really big. So this one has a lot of potential and a lot of things to prove at the same time. But uh, maybe the more interesting aspect of this, because this was, again, really just a cinematic trailer, um, was the announcement that we're going to be having a um, gameplay 
demonstration uh, next week on May 7th during the uh, Xbox Insider. There will finally be an interesting Xbox Insider and it should be really interesting because they're focusing on Xbox, uh, the next generation of Xbox. I was going to say Xbox Series X. They might start talking about their lower powered uh, console, but I suspect they won't. I think that's going to be coming later, but uh, they're going to be talking about the Xbox Series X games. Now, it seems it's not going to be first-party games, so no Halo, no Forza, no uh, Senua's Sacrifice. Which one is the second one? Um, uh, none of their games, none of Microsoft's games, but third-party games, which should be really interesting, of course. Uh, third Party games are always a little bit less impressive than first party games because, of course, they have to be developed on a, a number of different platforms um, and they're all going to be. Oh, it is still really um, difficult to be awake <laughs> um, in this period of uh, children being at home. But yeah, so third parties, of course, are not going to be the best of the next gen, but it's still going to hopefully be pretty impressive. I predict a lot of ray tracing because this is the easy thing to showcase on the next gen. Um, the developers have had time to play with it on PC and uh, they will have platforms that are all equipped. So it will be uh, uh, basically ray tracing fiesta, I suspect. Other than that, on the so yeah, look forward to that next week on the 7th. I'm really excited about it. Other than that, on the Xbox side, we have a logo for the Series X, which is a... God, I gotta be yawning through this entire show. I apologize. <laughs> it's always a little bit difficult when I uh, speak for the entire show alone. But I think this one, the 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 kid had had not slept very well, uh, like a couple of days ago, and I'm still paying for it now. Two days later, I'm not twenty anymore. Um, but yeah, the the trademark for the X for the series X's X is it seems pretty plain on paper. It's essentially one bar of the one of the X's bars, which is full, and the other one, which is clearly split on the sides. And it seems a little bit plain when it's just black and white, but I think they can do a lot of interesting things with it. It's almost like a, uh, a rune. It feels like a rune more than a letter. And I think it looks pretty cool, but um, we'll probably see a lot of that next week. And th they also announced that they have uh, 90 million monthly active users on Xbox Live, which is... Uh, pretty cool, but even more interesting, 10 million subscribers for the Xbox Game Pass, which is, of course, a, a, a steal at the moment with the uh, promotion still uh, valid, I believe. And uh, they are the leading uh, game subscription service, unsurprisingly. Uh, EA has 5 million subscribers for their EA uh, Access, which is not the same as Premiere. Access is like the back catalog, and I'm sure they count Premiere in it as well. They don't differentiate, but it's... God. I'm sorry. Um, 5 million is still impressive, I think. 10 million for 
uh, Xbox. I mean, it's not surprising that Xbox is leading, but I wouldn't have guessed that EA had 5 million subscribers. The access portion of it is the cheaper one. It's uh, five bucks a month, I believe, and they're now available on PC, of course, but also uh, Microsoft's Xbox, which has been the case for a while, and Sony's PlayStation 4, which has been the case for only a few months. So five million, it's not bad. Um, and they, the, the, the numbers I've seen kind of compare everything together because they also uh, include the PlayStation Now, which was primarily a streaming service, but now for months now also includes a game subscription, period. Like you can install the games as well. Um, but of course, Sony's offering doesn't include the uh, most recent games. And uh, it's not as interesting, actually, surprisingly, even not as interesting as EA's um, subscription. So it's uh, definitely Microsoft taking the lead there. And I wonder if seeing these numbers, Sony isn't going to start thinking about uh, maybe pushing PlayStation Now a little bit more. We'll see what happens. Talking about Sony, um, The Last of Us Part Two has a release date. Yeah, it's uh, June 19, and uh, it, it we thought it was going to be delayed much more, and Sony, of course, it was announced that it was going to be delayed like three, four weeks ago, and I, I thought it might become a PlayStation 5 launch title, because they said, we don't know when we're going to be able to launch it, and they um, ended up only delaying it by three weeks. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is also delayed by three weeks. I think it, it well, it was supposed to come out uh, June 26, I think, and now it's uh, July 17. So obviously they're pushing it so as uh, not to uh, uh, make a traffic jam with The Last of Us Part Two coming out a week before. So yeah, Last of Us Part Two, June 19, and Ghost of Tsushima, July 17. I think my, if, my guess is that they initially wanted to wait until they could um, have, as we discussed in, in the last show, I believe, um, they could have everything set up to deliver the games the games to all of the retail stores and have foot traffic in those retail stores to sell it as much as they could um but i th maybe they realized that's just you know guessing um maybe they realized if we're going to wait for that it's going to be you know spring 2021 because nothing is going to well things aren't going to go back to normal for many many months to come and so they figured, all right, things have improved a little bit on the logistics front. Let's just do it now because we can't wait until, you know, our next generation console is out. So we'll never know probably, but that's my guess. We also have um, very unsurprising rumors about, you know what, this is going to become a joke and I can't wait for people to uh yawn at me on twitter with the yawn emoji <laughs> so i'll apologize one last time now and for the next hundred times that i'm gonna yawn because i'm really tired and i have a two-year-old i'm not gonna mention it uh we're just gonna pretend it doesn't happen so the other rumor is that uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be, uh, is going to, they have signed up, uh, signed up, signed off on 
two additional titles on the main series, making it a trilogy, and an additional side title, which would be focused on cooperation. And I am, uh, well, first of all, it's not surprising at all. And second of all, it is very exciting. Obviously, Horizon Zero Dawn was a huge success for uh, PlayStation, the PlayStation 4. It was definitely the breakout title title of uh, new title of that generation for Sony so obvious obviously they're going to double down on it um, also the studio head for um, god I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm not gonna remember his name anyway he's now the the head of uh, first party development at um, SEE oh Herman Holtz there you go Herman Holst. Um, he's, he used to be the boss of uh, Guerrilla Games, and now he's heading uh, SIE Worldwide Studios. So obviously, it's not surprising that Sony is is pushing for his old uh, studios game. Uh, but again, it would have happened no matter what, probably. So a trilogy makes sense. There are two big questions now. Uh, will uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or... Horizon One Dawn or <laughs> Horizon Zero Dusk, who knows? Uh, will that next title in the series be a launch title for the PlayStation 5, which a lot of whispers are uh, uh, saying it could happen? And it definitely could. It would be a big hit, I think, for uh, the console. Launch title, maybe, you know, within the, the, the first couple of months of the release of the console. So that's the first question, and that would be awesome. It would instantly sell, you know, millions of consoles. And uh, the other question is, that side thing that is going to be multiplayer, what kind of multiplayer is it going to be? Is it going to be like an, a, a narrative a, a adventure with two or three or four players, like a small team thing? Or is it going to be a multi like a more massively multiplayer a la destiny which is also very uh, a real possibility i mean the world of horizon zero dawn makes complete sense to adapt in a multiplayer game like destiny it would absolutely work in that way so that's a big question and those are really just rumors so you know the height of speculation but um yeah we'll see what happens there and we might see what happens fairly soon. We're already in May, and the next uh, the the rumors are that uh, Sony will introduce the PlayStation Five properly at last on June fourth. And uh, even if it's not June fourth, it might be that uh, we get that during the month of June. A friend of the show, Daniel Ahmad, was saying that there are big announcements coming in May. Those are probably uh, the Microsoft announcements that I just talked about earlier uh, next week and in June, but that the things that were planned for E3, the E3 period, are actually going to be uh, broken out into several different uh, spots, and those will be both in June, in May and June. So uh, it seems like by the end of June, we'll know everything that there is to know about both consoles and their games lineups so uh it's coming it's coming and it's coming fairly soon uh talking about the summer and plans uh 
Gamescom is not going to happen, or at least not physically, which is, again, very unsurprising. There will be a digital Gamescom at the end of August. So um, that's a, a, a peculiar one, because it seems that we're going to have a number of different, different shows taking over for E3, during the month of June, some announcements in May, uh, the shows in, in um, June are, uh, I think uh, the, the PC gaming show is going to return as a digital thing. There's IGN doing the Summer of Games, which has a lot of support from different uh, publishers, which is essentially what will replace E3, it seems, or that's what it looks like. And we have a future games show, which is focused on uh, the future publications and, you know, of course, partners with those. So, um, yeah, well, it's it's all going to be in probably a little bit in May, but mostly June. So we'll have a an E3 period type thing um, during the month of June. So I'm really happy that this is not completely disappearing. Um, oh, also, you, you noticed that I didn't mention the leaks about The Last of Us Part Two um, because I don't think there's a huge amount of interesting stuff uh, to talk about there, but there were leaks about The Last of Us Part Two. Um, and yeah, and I'm not going to talk about this much more. Or at all. <laughs> uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the streaming future with uh, Stadia and uh, the fact that Stadia had one of their Stadia Connects, which, you know, I joked on Twitter that I was ready to be underwhelmed and that my expectations were met, meaning I was underwhelmed. There was really nothing interesting in that Stadia Connect. Stadia continues to fumble things uh, more than I could ever have imagined, as sound as the technology is. Although I have to say for me, it might be because everyone is um, is at home and using, you know, the internet for meetings with Zoom. But uh, I'm a little bit remote, even though I do have fiber. But Stadia's quality has been very disappointing in the past few weeks. I've tried it now and then, but honestly... It's not something I would use uh, on a regular basis. So I'm, I'm sure it's because of the current situation, but that situation isn't going to go away anytime soon, um, or maybe it will. But at the moment, the point is, with this very exceptional situation, it's so don't get me wrong, it's playable. It's absolutely playable. It's a little bit jittery, a little bit of the quality uh, of the image is... is fluctuating a little bit so if this was my only way to play it would be annoying it wouldn't be like i can't use it but uh, as it stands i have many other ways to play because i'm <laughs> a, a, an avid gamer and so stadia is not my preferred option but uh, bottom I, let's go back to the stadia connect the, uh, two things to note first of all they announced a few games player gnomes battleground is coming to stadia it's also this month's uh I believe this month's a uh, 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 free game for the pro version, which, all right, whatever. And EA is bringing some games. Uh, for now, the games are older. Uh, we're talking about FIFA, Star Wars, um, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, Madden, things like that, which, you know, they're more uh, wild, wide-reaching, you know, general public games. But also EA doesn't have anything right now, anything new, 
to uh, incorporate into Stadia right now. So the fact that these are old games is less interesting than the fact that EA is starting to support Stadia development. So that's actually kind of a hopeful thing. Uh, EA is putting games on Stadia. We already had support from Ubisoft, pretty big support. And by the way, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be on Stadia as well. So um, we're getting some more big developer development uh, studio support on Stadia. So that's the interesting part to me. And the other interesting part is uh, how they talked about their service. For the first time, the first time since they launched it, they finally explained, like even to the point of, of it being comical, how why the service is interesting they said several times you don't need to buy a, a, a console you don't need to buy anything you just need to click on this and you can play now um it was you know the first time and and in the context of that pandemic they were all you know execs from the company doing this from home i, I that's not the 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 way that is uh uh that you communicate communicate that idea to people because the people who would be receptive to that idea will not have watched the Stadia Connect so they still haven't fixed the their communication issues I don't think uh, but at least they seem to be aware that they're not communicating about it properly. And that's the first step. So I'm guessing that the next steps will be that this changes the way they communicate to the public and to the media, to the, to the uh, general you know, uh, uh, media, not to the specialist media, but to the general media. They will finally, I'm guessing, tell them what is important uh, to be told. And uh, talking about... The, the streaming future, uh, GeForce Now is losing more developers, more publishers. Um, Warner Brothers isn't on uh, GeForce Now anymore. The Xbox Game Studios games aren't on GeForce Now anymore. Of course, we've discussed this uh, before. It's all a question of contracts and licenses and the fact that many of those publishers are either choosing to launch their own service we're getting uh, streaming we're guessing sorry the streaming service or they're uh, uh, partnering up with other streaming services obviously you know sony microsoft being the big player uh and and stadia those are the three big ones and i again i wouldn't be surprised if within a couple of years we see um white label services being launched with uh by publishers i think the biggest candidates for this are ubisoft potentially although they're on everything um activision blizzard that could potentially happen uh ea clearly and uh, bethesda has been interested in that technology surprisingly on the technical side so um yeah, anyway, the bottom line is GeForce Now is officially launching in June. And sure, they still have games. Um, and th those games are, you know, there, there are many games that you can play and many of the um, publishers or developers that don't necessarily want to, to, to deal with all of that are just not bothering with it so you have a lot of your steam games that are still available 
But at this point, I think that's it. Maybe Ubisoft. Ubisoft is, as I said, everywhere. I'm not sure, but they might be everywhere. Um, but uh, yeah, that, the service itself is still interesting to many people, I'm sure. But I would say it's not a big contender anymore in that race that is opening at the end of the year with xCloud slash at the uh, beginning of next year or, you know, beginning end of next year when things will ramp up for streaming. So, uh, yeah, it's still pretty cool for what it is. But as we discussed before, it's probably a transitionary service that won't be a big dog in the future. Although... Someone on Twitter suggesting, su suggested something interesting, which is they could go the way of um, Shadow, the Shadow PC service, and offer you a full PC. Now, of course, that's not the point of GeForce Now. And even though they have been thinking about providing the service for uh, productivity software and, you know, uh, uh, creation software, editing, uh, 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 modeling, uh, rendering, etc., um, the point is not to have a full PC with a Windows license license and a thing that you need to keep updated, as is the case with Shadow PC. But if they can't win in the uh, licensing game for <laughs> licensing games that will launch directly, maybe they just pivot to a full Windows PC at which point it seems the publishers would have a lot less uh, legal ground. I, I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I'm guessing. They don't have a lot of legal uh, footing to prevent uh, the service from existing or the games to be available on the service because it is just a Windows PC which you launch your games from as you would at home and not a thing that is jerry-rigged together and mutualizes resources to launch the games um, for everyone. And uh, that is a different technology and a different approach, I think, which would lead to different results. So maybe they could do that. It's a possibility. And maybe they would have, you know, the two options. For the games that are licensed, then they do the thing they were doing now, which is a little bit finicky, but works. And for the games that aren't, then they default you to a Windows, lap, uh, a Windows desktop as uh, Shadow PC does, and it works very well. And sure, you need to keep it updated yourself, etc., etc. But um, they, they, that is an option for the service to keep existing. Actually, I, I guess they could even run it sometimes, like say they will wake it up for you and, and launch the updates quote-unquote, kind of, so that it's always updated. I guess when it's in the cloud, they could do something like this, which could be interesting. So your games are always ready to launch. Um, that could be interesting, might happen. But that is a way out for the GeForce Now gaming service, I think. If they don't do anything like that, I suspect it won't be around, uh, or not as interesting, at least, for a long while. Um, the last bit of news that I wanted to mention is uh, the, the Travis Scott concert in Fortnite, which was, you know, kind of like the Marshmallow concert, but even bigger. They reached 12.3 uh, million players at the premiere. There were a number of other showings. Um, and it was really interesting. It's, you know... It's uh, so you logged into the game 10 minutes before you would be dropped into the the island, but with nothing happening. 
and then the you know the countdown etc and then it would start and you had the avatar of Travis Scott in the the distance it was huge and then it would turn into like a psychedelic experience where you would you know swim through the sea fly through space a bunch of things it was only 10 minutes long but um it's a really interesting approach of course during the pandemic to attend a concert uh, quote unquote but also as a, a virtual event it's something that many other companies have tried to do before but um, I, you know i've been saying for a long time that epic has been managing fortnite incredibly well like it is not just the luck of being at the right thing at the right time but also what they're making of it is unbelievably uh, uh, skillful and uh, and they've managed to create this kind of societal phenomenon with this thing which is becoming like a cultural thing and a cultural thing not just because they are a cultural phenomenon by themselves but also because they're integrating like cultural events in that way um, that has never really been done before so i thought that was really fascinating um there are also uh, rumors about a party royale mode which is essentially a hanging out mode and you don't need to kill people and be the last one as is the case with the uh, gaming aspect of it of uh, battle royale um, it's been data mined and leaked here and there so it seems it's coming but it's essentially a mode where you hang out which you know, the game is already being used to hang out by many, many people, mostly younger people. And that makes, again, a lot of sense. So you don't have your guns, you're just hanging out, you're having fun. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens there. And uh, last thing, Epic has uh, capitulated to the big Google and uh, they are now available. I mean, Fortnite is available on the Play Store. If you don't remember, they used to make you sideload uh, Fortnite into your Android device. And uh, that meant that they would keep all of the money you would pay through the app. They didn't have to pay the, the, the App Store tax. Um, and they had to give that up. I, I'm guessing anyone who wants to play Fortnite already has installed it via the sideloading thing that sidesteps the store. So this is also a way of reaching more people. But of course, the people who install it that way, when they buy stuff, are going to uh, pay 30% to Google. And um, Epic isn't happy about this, and they've been fighting it for a long time. But there you go. They, they made that choice at this point. And uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about is an old favorite of mine, World of Warcraft. And I started playing World of Warcraft again quite a bit. I've been excited about Shadowlands, which uh, is the next expansion. The alpha has started. It was a couple of weeks ago. And I didn't really like the Battle for Azeroth expansion which is the current one many people uh were unhappy with it and i wasn't really unhappy it just didn't grab me so i stopped playing and i had a lot of other things to do and the next expansion the shadowlands it had it seems like it has a lot of very interesting elements mostly the roguelike portion of it the roguelike feature it's torghast the tower of the damned which is seems like a really fun um, feature that everyone, this is exceptional, 
everyone in the community is loving as it is now. Of course, it's not going to be exactly like this when it launches. There are a number of things that can't be uh, that can't stay the same between the alpha, which is designed for testing and that uh, facilitates a lot of a lot of features, and the game when it launches. And there is some concern there, but still, everyone is loving loving this thing and a bunch of other things. I won't get into it. Go listen to the instance if you're interested in in those things. But um, it's a really cool series of concepts and it got me excited, but I don't want to play the beta because or the alpha because I don't have to anymore. I don't work for Blizzard, so I don't have to know. And I love to um, be surprised when the game launches. So I want to preserve my uh, uh, mind from the spoilers of the game. We'll see if that holds. But the the thing I did was... I launched uh, Battle for Azeroth, the current retail, which I left uh, a few months after it launched, uh, what was it, a year and a half ago? And I've been sucked in. <laughs> I've been playing nonstop for about uh, uh, 10 days, something like that. And I'm really enjoying it. I think they really improved a lot on the expansion. Um, it's a little bit hectic when you come back at the end of an expansion, unsurprisingly. But I think even more than for other expansions, there are a ton of different systems that, um, you know, kind of pile on to one another. And... Um, you have to, it, it's difficult between the different systems, the Heart of Azeroth, this cloak, the war campaign, the other quests, the factions you have to do for your pathfinding, flying achievement, etc., etc. You're being pulled a little bit in every direction. Um, so I think that uh, is a little bit, not a bummer, but it's like, oh, what's happening? But I still, it took me a while, but I still um, did all of the things that I wanted to do and I'm still playing. I think I'm going to go for the uh, flying achievement and that will be it. But um, so it's going to take a few weeks still. But I will say it is very frustrating to be playing a pure DPS class. And that is something that is problematic in, in MMORPGs, or at least in World of Warcraft. I'm sure others have other um, ways of fixing this. But essentially, anytime you want to queue for a dungeon or a raid, it takes forever, forever. Like it's, it's half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half to get into a raid, it's ridiculous. And um, it's it. I used to level with a, a hybrid class and I didn't do that this time because I wanted to go back to my mage, but I don't think, like it's actively, um, it is actively worsening my experience in the game. I think it's a big part, not a big part, but a, a substantial part of why I stopped playing a few months ago or a year and a half ago, actually, um, because it was just frustrating. And uh, I think next time for the next expansion, I will start with my Druid again, or maybe another class we'll see, but uh, I will play a class that can either heal or tank or both because I think DPS classes are for people who have a lot more time than me and don't have a kid, I suppose. So, um, but still, I'm liking it and I'm going to keep playing a little bit. And then when the pre-patch hits or maybe before, um, I will start uh, leveling my hybrid class, probably before, because now we have a bonus XP thing until the pre-patch. So, um, yeah, 
World of Warcraft. It it never dies. It's always there. Uh, all right. That is going to be it for this show. Just over half an hour. It is shorter than it usually is. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We'll keep doing these things, uh, of course. So uh, hopefully you are enjoying it and you'll be there when we come back. And uh, until then, you can find me at frenchspin.com if you want to comment on everything I said. You can also find me on Twitter, not Patrick, Instagram, not Patrick. Um, what else? LinkedIn, I'm Patrick Beja over there. Uh, Facebook, not Patrick. You can even find me on TikTok, not Patrick01. Someone took not Patrick. I'm angry. Uh, even though I, I created my TikTok account like two years ago? Maybe not two years, at the very least a year ago. It was a long time ago that I did my TikTok account, but it was already taken. So frustrating. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I don't use TikTok. I was joking mostly. I have it and I never posted anything. Maybe I'll look into it, but you can find me on uh, Instagram, not Patrick. That's where the young people live. So that's where you live as well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Talk to you then. Bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.